This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Liam Maitland, KCBS Foodie Chap at Rich Table with Evan and Sarah Rich. Good to see you guys. How are you? Oh, we're great. Good to see you too. Can we, can we kick off with one of these? <laughs> oh, That's how we always kick My off. favorite sound. What are we drinking, Evan? <laughs> uh, it's a nice California Riesling. Uh... It's going to go great with the dish we're going to talk about because it's got a little acidity, a little weight. It's uh, from Hillsburg, and it's just a real easy drink of wine. Uh, well, thank you for that. I want to kick off by saying congratulations. I know this book, the Rich Table book, has been a labor of love. Every chef I know that gives birth to a book says it's like a pregnancy times three. Sarah, can you speak to that? <laughs> well... <laughs> Maybe not quite as uncomfortable as pregnancy, but it is a lot of work and it is a lot of, it takes a way longer time than you ever imagined. We're talking like three years. This book is the story of Rich Table. It's bringing to life this great restaurant, Rich Table, in Hayes Valley, a gem of a spot, neighborhood restaurant, but your reach goes way beyond this neighborhood. Uh, So bringing this to life, when you sat down and first thought about the prospect of doing a book, uh, what, what was your hope for the book? What, what were you hoping this book would be? And what was the story you wanted to tell? Uh, for me, it was, it was all about just creating something that spoke about Rich Table. I mean, I wanted you to open it up and feel the warmth and feel the energy and kind of, you know, see the hard work behind what we do. Um, sometimes it kind of, when you come in and eat, you just, you have such a good time, you don't really think about all the work that goes into it. And, you know... Rich Table is not just Sarah and I. It's everybody who is involved in it and who has been involved in it. And we just kind of wanted to showcase that. So an ode in some way uh, to all those who've come through these doors, worked in your kitchen, been on the line. This book is a story of you guys, but everyone who's been part of your Rich Table family. Yeah, absolutely. I think we really wanted to sort of capture a moment in time as well, you know, and sort of catalog this this period of time in our lives and this thing that we created and really set a record of that. And so, you know, we really wanted to tell the story of how we created this restaurant, not just a bunch of recipes from the restaurant, but how the restaurant came to be, how Evan and I came to be. You know, all that went through it. Listen, I I love the... A lot of chefs say, oh, this is a very personal book, you know. But this is personal. I love the chapters where we get to learn a little bit more about the story of Evan and Sarah. The love story, if you will. (laughs) Dating, not online, but dating on the line. You're in New York City. Uh, You talk about this in the book. Sarah, was it love at first sight? You saw this guy on the line. You thought, that guy... I'm going to spend the rest of my life with him. We're going to move west. Yes, Yes, absolutely, yes. (laughs) Well, you know what? He came in, and he was a guy who kept his head down and did his work and was very focused. And that is really attractive, like meeting somebody who has... You know that kind of energy and that kind of dedication, yeah. and he was, you know, he was still a young cook. He's four years younger than I am, but you could tell that he had potential. I also have dangerously good looks. Okay. <laughs> yes, make me melt every time I see Evan. Uh, I love that. You know, in the book you talk about this and about your coming together, working in New York City. You know, it's interesting though, Sarah. You sort of talk about you know who he was and what he meant to you. Evan talks about. 
uh, his rent controller problem and the rent going up and yeah. moving in with you seemed like a, a good viable financial option you know, I was working it. I was working it. I, I had to survive. You know, you get it done by any means necessary. Am I in love with this girl or am I in love with the fact that we can move in together and I can save some money on rent? I, I saw my opportunity and jumped on it. Evan. Wow. Do we, need to call, do we need to call Dr. Phil? Yeah, yeah exactly. No, she was amazing. She, she, we started flirting right away and she made me look really good at the restaurant because she would like help me finish my mise en place and like make sure my station was all set up so I looked like a rock star working at the restaurant and everyone was like she doesn't do that for me and I think it took me a little while to realize like oh wait maybe maybe this is what we call flirting Uh, oh (laughs) you know see um, that's love that really is true love when someone else at your workstation just or on on the line finishes your, your mise en place that is love it's true although now that we're talking about it, me setting, helping set up his station, giving him a place to live, I'm sort of feeling a little bit like a sucker. Yeah, let's, let's talk about this, Sarah, because I'm, I'm wondering what did Evan do for you? What, did, uh, what was he doing for you back then? Okay, well, let me, well, I, I, let me think. <laughs> this is not where the interview was meant to be I going. Her, I gave her street cred, street okay? Cred, <laughs> you know, your backgrounds are both very different. I know... Um, well, they're similar and different, but your mom, uh, you weren't a TV dinner family. Uh, your mom was a cook, uh, made everything from scratch. And I know that you always credit her with much of your knowledge coming uh, from her and the kitchen at home and uh, helping mom out. Yeah, absolutely. My mom and dad both um, did all the cooking. My mom usually did the cooking throughout the week, and it was like standard, you know, home-cooked meals. And then on the weekends, that's where my dad really took over. He has always loved to cook, and he would do these, like, big, elaborate meals. And we all, you know, had little projects, whether it was cleaning the string beans or making the mashed potatoes or, you know, whatever. We were all involved in that, so I grew up loving it. Was that the same experience for you, Evan? Yeah, my family ate dinner with each other every day, five days a week. My mother would cook, and then on the weekend, my father would be you know, off, and he would make these long, elaborate meals that took all day to cook. And then maybe one day a week we'd go out. But yeah. all of our family kind of get-togethers were all about eating. And, and listen, conviviality is at the core of Rich Table. Yeah. You come here, it's to eat at the, the house of Evan and Sarah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, great food, quality ingredients, but... In here is a good time. Everyone's uh, feeling social. Uh, they're feeling the, the good vibes that you guys send from the kitchen out to the dining room. This is a fun place to be. It is an extension of you. Yeah, well, we, uh, you know, we wanted it to be the place that we wanted to eat. And you know, sometimes you want to go out to eat and you don't want to have to think about the food. You don't want someone to tell you why this is good. Yeah. You just want to eat, have great company, have someone who's having a good time take care of you. And, you know... Feel the vibe, listen to good music, and yeah. enjoy it. You know, and then we also like to say, if you really want to think about the way we cooked it or what we, the energy or the thought behind it, you know, there's that side of it too. Let's talk about opening day. No. You, 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 you discuss this in the book a little bit. Yes, we do. Sarah, take us back there. First day, morning of, or actually, let's talk about the night before. What were you thinking the night before? Where was your head the night before opening day? When was that? Um, I mean, it's. It's all sort of a fog at this point, but I think really trying to just all those butterflies, those nerves of, you know, the excitement, you're nervous, you have all of those emotions, you know, running through your body, trying to get a good night's sleep, but you're not going to get a good night's (laughs) sleep because you've been prepping all day the day before and you're so excited you can't sleep. And then, you know, the day of, we were running around 
doing all our mise en place, getting the station set up. And this was a point where you know, there were only six of us in the kitchen, two of whom were Evan and Sarah. You know, and, of course. And, yeah. Wow. So we were doing everything. We had no prep cooks, nothing like that. And, um, you know, the doors opened up. We were all so excited. And all of a sudden the doors opened up and I, like, hit a panic. <laughs> and I suddenly w- thought to myself, it hadn't even occurred to me over all this time, you know, raising money, getting investment, um, building the restaurant. I suddenly was like horrified. Oh my God, what did we do? Have we taken this huge risk? What if nobody comes? What if they don't like it? And I freaked out. Evan had to take me outside and like. (laughs) And you talk about this in the book. I I love that. Was it really that dire? So, well, first of all, let me just say we did 35 people that (laughs) night and probably 25 of them were friends and family. So, you know, just to put it in perspective, if we did 35 people tonight, it would be like, oh, my God, we're going out of business. This is so slow. Hey, listen, when the police first came to America, they played for four people. Yeah. Okay, you know, so exactly. you're doing you're doing all right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was pretty like you just kind of, you know, put your head down at work and go, go, go. And then like the realization that this is all happening kind of hit you at one point where you're like, oh, my God, like people are coming in to pay money to eat food that we are cooking. And our name is on the door. Whoa. You know, I remember I had to pull Sarah outside and our front of the house guy at the time. I had to pull him outside and just be like, it's 35 people. We can do this. We've done this before. Yeah. You were all falling apart. Evan was our rock <laughs> you know, holding just, us together. It's his to the rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with, with the body of the rock as well. Yeah, 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 <laughs> so you got through that first night opening week. Word spread pretty quickly. I, I, I recall when you opened. Mm-hmm. It was a great buzz very quickly. Mm-hmm. You anchored in a neighborhood evolving, changing, shifting Hayes Valley. Uh, now regarded as one of the best neighborhoods in the city to dine. Uh, That wasn't the case, uh, definitely not a decade ago, five years ago, just beginning to shift. Um, Why this neighborhood? Uh, And did you look in other neighborhoods? What was it about this spot, this neighborhood at that time? You know, so when we first moved here, we used to live in the Mission, and we didn't have a car, and so we would just, on our days off, we would take a lot of walks, walks all over, you know, the neighborhood. And we, a lot of times, ended up on this strip of Goff, and we would notice this little corner restaurant. It was a place called Paul K back then. Yes, and Evan, I remember, yeah. Evan pretty much immediately was like, that's the spot. And I wasn't so sure. Um, and at one point, we were really in the process of like putting together a business plan for opening a restaurant. And we walked by Paul K again, and we were like, "That I don't know. That is looking better and better. And we sneaked in the back door and kind of peeked into the kitchen and looked around. We were like, mm, I don't know. It's so small. Um, but Evan really stood firm. And we had a couple other places we looked at, but we always kept coming back to here. And it's funny, when we took over the space, um, we had a lot of friends who were like, "That I don't know why you would choose that space. That's a terrible location. It's, <laughs> it's a little too off. It's Do those friends become regulars? And, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, you know, they're like, that was brilliant. Or people are like, how did you find that space? How yeah. did you get so lucky? And sometimes you just have to, as I saw the potential in Evan, <laughs> we, we saw the potential in the space. You have uh, some very, very incredible talent, Sarah. <laughs> uh, and so, Evan, this space, uh, what, what else spoke to you about it? Well, I mean, we did a lot of research and demographics and really just crunched all the numbers and all the data pointed to... I'm just kidding. We... We just say crunch the numbers. <laughs> I'm like, really? Did you throw some ideas against the wall, yeah, see if no, they stick? We, like some synergy going? Yes, exactly. to, yeah. to say we followed some kind of rhyme or reason is like total, total BS. We, yeah. we actually were going down the road. We were going down the road 
with another space that was in Soma somewhere. And, you know, this space we had looked at, the story she told was like two years prior to when we opened. And this other space, we're going down, and all of a sudden we saw a Craigslist ad that was like, Hayes Valley, you know, 50C, blah, blah, blah. And we're like, oh, let's just answer it. You know, we've learned not to put all our eggs in one basket. And all of a sudden it was Paul Kay, and we were like, oh, my God. Like, And so you start going down the road with that, and, you know, this one, you know, we all kind of had this special thing because there was, like, that history of, like, that's it, that's it. Well, you knew. So for those who have not been here, for those listening, set the scene, describe the restaurant for us if you can so it's a corner space uh and not only is it a corner space which is always ideal it's got pretty much floor-to-ceiling windows so we have really beautiful light coming in all day long and in the evening in fact anytime somebody comes in to do photography take pictures of the food or whatever they're really struck by what a great space it is for that um and we tried to keep it you know sort of a casual feel but a little you know like a nice casual feel um, we've got a lot of exposed wood, um, but kind of toned down with some nice um, kind of cream colors, lots of plants. We have a lot of plants. We just really wanted it to feel comfortable. And it is. Uh, there's one communal table or one family table. Uh, that's the spot if you want to come with yes, a little group, right? that is the perfect spot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to this day, one of the toughest reservations in the city. I know even your your family at times said they wanted a table. You said, we can't, we're sold out. You, you, you're you very hard when it comes to that. You're sold out, you're sold out. But you can show up and sit at the bar, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, so what we usually say, you know, so the bar, we got 12 seats at the bar, and it's all for walk-ins. And if you come and the bar is full at that time, you just put your name on the list, and then we'll call you when your seats open up. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, everyone, I've made the mistake a few times of being like, oh, yeah, just tell them, you know, Evan sent you, and you get, you know, they'll get you in. And then all of a sudden they show up, and, they're, and I'm working the pass, and they're like, Evan, you said, and you're just like, uh, I gotta go to the bathroom. I would, I would, I, I would never do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, never. Uh, but yeah, but like my parents were here watching our kids yeah. for like some event, and you know they were like, "All right, we want to go to the restaurant." And you're like, "Ooh." <laughs> uh, reservation because I don't know that. <laughs> I guess the secret we've actually learned the secret to get a reservation. Yeah. Well, what is that? It's. Sure, I'd love that table at ten thirty. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I don't mind eating late. That, yeah, that, that, yeah. That's, that, it, that's fine. Let's uh, let's talk about uh, the contents of the book, beyond the stories, the personal stories, all these incredible recipes. Um, where do you begin, uh, and and what kind of journey was this for you? Again, on a personal level, uh, pouring through all these years of recipes and deciding what would go in and what would be left out. So the way that the book is set up is exactly like our uh, menu. So we have a bite section, appetizers, pastas, entrees, uh, desserts, and then cocktails. And so, um, you know, in in each section there are dishes that we absolutely had to include. Like in the bite section we've got our donuts and our sardine chips. In the desserts we've got our mint chocolate sablé. Things that have really become sort of iconic dishes at Rich Table. But, um, you know, we just tried to put a lot of dishes on that we loved um that these are all from the early years of the restaurant and you know it was fun for us because it was kind of like you know telling our story through the food and we look at these recipes sometimes in these dishes and it's like we remember you know that time when that dish was on the menu and it's kind of fun it's like looking at a baby book yeah but it's you know our, our cookbook and it's your journey in food i love this little bit here in the introduction where you talk about your sort of philosophy and really sort of understanding what makes sense uh what will make 
what will make the palate sing and what won't. Uh, and in the introduction, you guys say a simple yet intuitive combination of sweet, salty, acidic, fatty, and savory. Yeah, absolutely. Those are all things that are really important to us when we think of dishes, whether they be savory dishes or sweet or, you know, dessert sort of dishes. And even cocktails, too. We think about all those things in everything. And that's one thing I love. In most cookbooks, you get the, you get the pastas, you get the bites, you get the desserts, uh, but rarely uh, a chapter uh, for cocktails. I know the cocktail program, a killer one here, and the cocktails go hand in hand with the food, right? Uh-huh, yeah. We uh, spent a lot of time. We've had a lot of people helping out with the cocktails, and this is kind of a stretch of history of like some of our best cocktails that we just love. And we try and focus the cocktails the same way we focus the food. So seasonal, balanced, um, fresh, you know, something you can drink multiple cocktails and, you know, and, and something different based off of, you know, an idea of a great cocktail and then we kind of made it our own, made a spin on it. I would say also, like, instead of thinking of the spirit first and then what we're going to do with it, mm-hmm. I mean, we, just like we do with the rest of the menu, yeah. we're inspired by the things we see at the market, and sure. then what kind of cocktail can we make from that? Yeah. Uh, and I love the names, always playful, Smokey the Pear. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. The mezcal and, and Asian Pear. You know? Yeah. Classic. Uh, and uh, and some local nods too, Land's End. Well, so so that was actually one of the original cocktails. So we, our first bar manager, um, someone was like, "Oh, go check him out. He's at this bar." And I went. And I was like, "You know, we're looking for a Douglas fir martini. I want to do something like that." And he was like, "All right, let me put together something." And he was like, "I don't have the ingredients for the Douglas fir, but I'm just gonna make you a martini, my version." And it was like the best martini I've ever had in my life. And I was like, "You got lucky." There's no way you can do that again. And I was like, make me another one. <laughs> and he made it, and it was perfect. And then I was like, make me another. Make me another. And then it got crazy <laughs> after that. But, uh, but needless to say, he started with us. And then the Land's End was kind of us all working together with the idea and the creation of, you know, that Douglas fir local flavor martini, you know. Oh. And it, it's been classic ever since. We put it on all the time. Rich coffee. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Everybody loves a rich coffee, especially my mom and Evan's mom. <laughs> the moms? That's yeah, the mom's the moms drink. like the rich coffee. Uh, well, it's based on, so if you're a tourist coming to San Francisco, you always bring these people, you know, the people who are visiting San Francisco to Buena Vista Cafe and you get, um, you know, you get the Irish coffees, right? And they're like, they're fine. They're made with, you know, Irish rum and whatever, but yeah. this is kind of our ode to that, and it's sure. our version of that yeah. Irish coffee, and it, it's super delicious. Let's talk about some of the milestones uh, and signature moments. Uh, by the way, I love the old – look at this young kid on the line. Who is that young, handsome – I know. Who is that? You can see now why, de- wow. I, uh, why I asked him out. Absolutely. No, I can still – he's still adorable. <laughs> look at those cheeks. I just want to put, um, let's talk about some of the, the milestones, uh, important moments. The first review. Yeah. Was it Michael Bauer? Uh-huh, yeah. Him coming in. Tell me, talk me through that whole, the, the anxiety there has to be for any, any restaurateur. But this is, this is your baby. This is your first restaurant. This is all you've got. You've thrown it all in the pot. And then yeah, I mean, the I, Bauer review. Yeah, I, I can speak on that. I'll be honest. There was a bunch of naiv- naivety. Naivety? Naivete. Whatever. Naivete, yeah. yes. Uh, you know, so when he started coming in, you know, you, you know how much weight he holds and how much, you know, power he has. 
And you're kind of like, you know, you don't really realize what's happening. Then you get that call, and he's like, I've been in. And you're like, oh, my God, did you like it? Is it good? And he seemed, you know, semi-excited, whatever, kind of fact-checking, doing, asking a couple questions. And then, I'll be honest, when the review came out, I didn't see it. Like, I think it comes online on, on Saturday and then or something. I don't know. And I got a text message from someone. They're like, wow, congratulations. And you were just kind of like, huh, okay, like what, what? And they're like, your review, it's amazing. And so that day, when we got the review, we booked, I think, that weekend from Saturday, Sunday, Monday, I think we booked something like 2,000 reservations. Like, it just, like, that we hit the ground running and it never stopped. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, food critics, a lot of people want to knock them. Uh, But Michael Bauer, when he celebrates your restaurant, that's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you you never know what to expect. Like, you know what you've put into it and what you hope for and what your expectation is for it. But, you know, you don't know if everyone is going to receive it the way that you hope that they do. And so to to have it received like that was really remarkable and amazing. I I like to say we just started cooking because we love to do it and we were just trying to have fun doing it. We don't want to change who we are to get a better review or to get a Michelin star to do it. So we just stayed consistent and stayed, you know, and we're just very happy that people actually enjoyed what we do. So, Well, some other great things have happened along the way. Two, two babies along the way? Yes, absolutely. Now we seven like, and four? Yes, seven and four, two little boys. We like to have the most manic, crazy life ever and keep ourselves as busy as possible. So, uh, And some other great moments. Opening the year. Uh, you got nominated for James Beard, Best New Restaurant of the West. That had to feel pretty good. That did feel really amazing. That was really incredible. Best New Restaurant of the country, not just the West. (laughs) Just to clarify, clarify, buddy. Uh, Michelin. Michelin call. Phone rings. Who picks up? What happens? (laughs) Do you really know the story? (laughs) I know the story. You tell me the story. I came in the morning after to to congratulate you guys, and I want you to share the story. Okay, so, you know, we were open for four years and didn't receive a mission star, and we kind of came to the conclusion, like, whatever, we're just, we don't fit that mold, and we're fine. We have a great restaurant. People love it. We're busy. doesn't matter. Um, and then all of a sudden last year we get a we get a call in the morning and you know you kind of knew it was coming because we had been on the big gourmet list forever and then we weren't and we obviously had not gotten worse at what we do because we are always <laughs> pushing to get better and so you kind of like maybe maybe and you know it was early in the morning we kind of talked about it a little bit and then we're like ah whatever let's just get it going and uh, I jump in the shower Sarah goes on to the exercise bike downstairs and all of a sudden I see girl. <laughs> I see the phone ringing yeah. through the shower and it says like you know blocked caller and you're kind of like oh my god that's it I just know it is and you know you don't know like maybe if you miss the call they're gonna be like oh no, sorry no star for them yeah. you know yeah. and so you're like oh my god you know you run you're like hello and sure enough it was you know hi this is so and so from you know Michelin Guide USA and we you know is Sarah around we'd love to you know talk to you about something and you're kind of like like you know at that point you're like I know what's happening I know what's happening and so I just like grabbed the phone run downstairs I was like yes I'll get her I'll get her and I run downstairs to the exercise room and I'm like putting it on speakerphone and he's like we'd love to award you a Michelin star can I just just jump in and say (laughs) just to give you a little more to work with here in your mind 
I'm like 45 minutes into this heavy-duty, like, serious exercise workout routine. I'm sweating profusely and p- breathing like a maniac. And I hear these, like, feet stomping around the corner. And in the room is walks this t- totally naked, dripping wet man. That's the bit. That's the, that's the bit I was waiting for. Well, so, so, you know, and then they're like, oh, you get a mission star. And we're like, oh, my God, this is amazing, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, then all of a sudden, so a lot of people will take a picture of them getting the call yeah. and, like, post it and stuff like that. And, like, you know, we hang up, and I'm like, oh, my God, that's so amazing. And Sarah's like, wait, should I post this picture of you getting the call? And I was like, uh, I got to go back upstairs. And then, that, yeah, it was uh, – Pretty intense. It was crazy. Yeah. Um, you, you'll never forget that moment. No. no. The moment you'll never forget. Um, I love that you have, through this book, uh, taken us on a, on a journey, your journey over these years at Rich Table. Uh, so many uh, recipes and dishes and I look at um, and bring back warm memories. I do recall uh, the first time I had this, spaghetti with peas lime goat cheese and duck fat uh a dish will make grown men cry yeah. and, and i did <laughs> well so when we first opened up we were you know trying to find our voice and who we are and we changed the menu we still change the menu a lot but the first year or so we changed the menu 95 percent every day and just kind of you know let's figure it out let's see what people want let's see what we're capable of and this dish came in the spring and it was kind of um you know, oh, we got peas. Like, let's do it. We got peas and fresh goat cheese. Sounds great. You know, I mean, it's simple combination. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things at that time that I was playing around with was uh, different fats and, like, the yeah. flavor they bring yeah. and the texture. And, you know, right at the end, I just threw in a little knob of duck fat into it and tasted it. And I was like, oh, this is great. And actually, that night, uh, an old sous chef I used to work with, that Quince, this guy Hanan, who's, like, the best pasta maker you'll ever see in your life, you know? Mm-hmm. He came in to eat. And he orders it. And at this point, you're kind of so busy, you're not really thinking about yeah. things too much. And he ordered one of those dishes, and he eats it, and he ordered another one. Uh-huh. And I kind of stopped <laughs> and was like, huh? <laughs> you know? And, and right there, you realize, like, oh, my God, we got something. Like, sure. if this guy's ordering a second one, this is a delicious pasta. Yeah. And then throughout the night, like, there were, like, three or four tables that ordered the second one. And you were just like, wow. Like, it's so- a hit. Well, it's just like I think it really kind of speaks to who we are as well because it's something so simple, something so familiar, yeah. but then just has that extra little something sure. that kind of, you know, snaps it into place and goes, ah, you know. I think it's also a joyful thing when some of the best recipes, I'm not saying this was an accident because you mm-hmm. worked at this, but sure. when you throw in something just to see how it goes and then it ends up becoming a hit. No. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, sometimes it's just those little une- unexpected nuances like the, you know, the salty stickiness of the duck fat that just hit people in a way that is, un- you know, like I said, unexpected. Yeah. Uh, and Sarah, you, the pastries, the sweets, mm-hmm. uh, that's been an enormous part of your journey. Uh, we're going to share the spaghetti uh, dish with our listeners. But if, is, there, is there a sweet dish in here above all others that's just very special and important to you? Yeah, I mean, it is one, I would say one of the more challenging recipes to sort of recreate, but we have a, a version of an icebox pie in, in the um, book that is, so an icebox pie is a southern thing, and I grew up in the south, Yeah. and um, a little bit into Rich Table being open, we went back to my hometown, which is a tiny little town in northwest Louisiana called Shreveport, and they have this restaurant called Strawn's, which is a, a bakery and like diner. 
and um, they make the most delicious, like they are famous for their icebox pies. So um, we, of course, would go there every day on our mm. trip and eat the icebox pie. And when we came back, I was like, I want to do something to kind of, you know, represent where I came from on this menu. So I did a sort of, you know, broken apart version of the icebox pie. But it's got whipped cream and pastry cream and lemon curd and little graham cracker. So all the flavors. You do deconstruct it well. Oh, well, thank you, Brian. <laughs> um, it's been such a joy to see uh, Rich Table come into its own, and for you guys uh, to bring your passion uh, for cooking and the things that you do to the plate here uh, and bring so much joy uh, to so many people who come through here. So many people have left with uh, very happy tummies over the years. Mm-hmm. So to have this book out today, uh, it's got to feel good, right? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I-, I mean, can I tell a quick story about it? Sure. Uh, so I think the the second it hit me and how like you know, creative an achievement it was. Um, we were in New York and uh, person from the Chronicle who uh, published it was like, "Oh, Kitchen Arts and Letters got your books and they want you to come up town and sign them." And Kitchen Arts and Letters, if no one knows what that is, it's kind of like the omnivore small cook cook sure. book uh, cook shop in New York. Yeah. And when I was coming up in new york working this was pre-amazon pre-order online and stuff so on your day off you'd make the journey uptown and you'd buy cookbooks and get lost they had all the obscure cookbooks and you could spend hours in there right i mean still in our house today i have multiple books from kitchen arts and letters and you know you're kind of like oh awesome yeah we'll go uptown and you kind of walk in and it brings you back and i feel like i'm that 24 year old cook again Mm -hmm. and i was just like i got so nervous i was like i i can't (laughs) <laughs> I, I don't feel worthy. I can't believe our cookbook is being sold at Kitchen Arts and Letters. And it was just like a real special moment. So it's like, it, it was real to us. Well, the book is out. Uh, I want to have you guys have the last word on each other. What does it mean to have your partner in life be your partner in crime and be with you on this journey these past years? Oh, I, could, I couldn't ask for it any other way. I mean, it is... It is challenging. I'm not going to pretend like it's easy all the time. It definitely, it can be hard, but um, we understand each other better than, you know, any anybody else could. And yeah. so it's been really wonderful to have all of these struggles and achievements all together. Evan? Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's been amazing. It's, I wouldn't have it any other way. We, I mean, we created our life, like, our life is work, our work is life, and not in a sad way, but, you know, we created our own universe, and, the, you know, I enjoy spending it with her, so. Yeah. Well said. Go out on a high note there, mate. Uh, the book is Rich Table. It is the story of Rich Table by Chronicle Books, Sarah and Evan Rich. Uh, folks, do yourself a favor. If you've never been to Rich Table, uh, make your reservation now. Go out there and grab the book. We're going to share that uh, delicious uh, pasta recipe uh, with the folks at home. Uh, more on the Sarah and Evan Rich story at kcbsradio.com and click on Foodie Champ. Congrats, guys. Cheers. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law.